Hello and welcome to Pick That One Out, a weekly podcast trying to pick out the fun left in football. My name is Jack Murphy and I'm joined by my fellow co-host Will Varney. Will, uh, for reasons that we're going to get into shortly, I'm sure this is a tough recording for you, but uh, how are you doing? Uh, I was good before this morning. A sombre Will Varney, I think you should have introduced me as. A sad Will Varney. Um, that news breaking this morning about my beloved manager Frank Lampard getting the sack. We'll talk about that all and more. But uh, otherwise, I'm very well. And um, I want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in um, to episode one, obviously, last week. They clearly found Liverpool United boring as well. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you very much. You, we were on YouTube. We made it, Jack. We did oh, get there in the it. end. There was we, a, did, we did get there. There was a lot of worry, but we got there in the end. We should be happy about that. And uh, yeah, to everybody who listened and uh, hopefully enjoyed it, let the fun continue or... Maybe there's not going to be much fun from me this morning. No, I'm sure we'll have plenty of fun as we get into the uh, the first story of the day. The story that's had to uh, change everything in our show. We've had to rewrite everything to fit this in. As, as on this Monday morning, Frank Lampard has been sacked as Chelsea manager, as confirmed uh, today. After 18 months in the job with former Dortmund and PSG manager Thomas Tuchel ready to step in. Will, I mean, I don't know what to say. This one's got to hurt, hasn't it? It hurts drastically it's painful even you just reading that out stings me inside and I mean when I woke up this morning to the news I have to say it, it was like your girlfriend uh, sending you that text going can we talk and you're thinking that's quite ominous the, the, I'm worried I'm on the edge and I was on the edge seeing that screenshot sent into the group chat this morning Frank Lampard rumoured to be sacked everybody's reporting it Oh, it hurt a lot. And um, I think the writing was on the wall, personally, Jack. Um, For weeks now, I've wanted it to work so badly. Um, I think everybody, every Chelsea fan wanted it to work. I think the issue that we had was yesterday's game was a lose-lose for Frank Lampard against Luton. If we beat Luton, it's only Luton. It doesn't mean anything. If we lose, that's it. You're done. And we win 3-1 and still he gets the sack. There's no win. And... um, I think the thing is that what's cost him the job personally for me is the talent that we brought in in the summer, £250 million worth. Regardless of what he achieved last season with the transfer ban, with losing that influence of Eden Hazard, you're going to struggle if you're not getting that amount of talent to play and, and perform. And the likes of Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, just simply have underperformed and that pressure is going to be put on Frank Lampard's shoulders. And in the end, I think it's, he's paid the price for it. So personally for me, it's, it is sad. I mean, I went on a run this morning, try and clear my head. I was in, I was in such a sad, I've been in such a sad mood all morning. And I I went on a run to clear my head. And before we started the pod, I looked at some of the songs, which came on the playlist. And I think, I think, I think it says everything about how I felt this morning. Songs such as leave me alone. This Love by Maroon 5. Classic. I Can't Stand It. <laughs> and The Pursuit of Happiness. Those oh, four no. say so much about just wanting it to work for Frank Lampard. And I'm afraid, like you said, after 18 months, he's lost his job. And we've now got Thomas Tuchel coming in. I think there's, so many, there's so many different ways uh, we can go at this. So many uh, forks in the road, uh, so to speak. Uh, it's such fresh news. It's, it's it's tough to compute, no matter who you support, really. I, I do fear, though, that this was the plan all, all along. I, I, I feel that Roman knew uh, that last season there was going to be no uh, transfer spending in the in the summer, no substantial spending anyway. 
and and, and he saw Lampard as a good PR move uh, as as a manager, no, no doubt. Um, and then he, I don't think he expected uh, Lampard to get top four last season, as as many others didn't. And I think this season, as soon as it started going wrong, he was looking for any excuse to to get rid. Absolutely, I think I completely agree. I think it was a huge gamble. I think it was a huge gamble in the summer. I think you're probably right with that transfer ban coming in. We needed something to lift the supporters at the club and bringing back a club legend. But like I just said there, bringing Frank Lampard in after one year at Derby, where they got Mm. to the playoff final, but they didn't make it, it was always going to be a risk. Last season, it paid off with the influence that he had, especially on like the young players. You know, introducing the likes of Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham. You know, this season as well, Reese James. I know it hasn't worked out specifically for say for Kea Tomori, but giving people like Billy Gilmore a chance as well. Young pe- young players at Chelsea have always struggled to get into that. You know, that main squad mm. under Frank Lampard, they've had a chance. They've been able to show that they can cut it with the best and the rest of them, and. It is, it's a real shame. I mean, I suppose you look at it and you think, I wonder if Frank Lampard had been brought in as an assistant manager at Chelsea, ahead of being the actual manager, whether that may have worked out better in the long term, whether that may have helped him with the experience we've seen with John Terry at Villa under Dean Smith, that may help in the long run. I think there's no doubt that Frank Lampard will get another job in management, whether that's in the Championship or even the Premier League. Um, but just... It's sad that a club legend, you know, that everybody wanted it to work out for, has paid the price at the end of the day. Yeah, it's like I say, it's, it's quite. It seems quite a sour note to go on as well. It, it's it's quite bleak um, at the club at the minute. And you mentioned uh, you wanted it to be success long term with Lampard. I'm sure Chelsea fans would, were desperate for it too. But Chelsea just uh, once again, it's been proven, aren't a long term club. They go based on the, these short-term manager appointments. I saw on Twitter earlier uh, today that before the Lampard sacking, um, Roman Ivanovic has spent £110 million pounds, uh, on manager reimbursements after sackings. And that's just well, an, I, I, an absurd number uh, for, for managers. And it's, it's proven that it's a club that doesn't really give the managers a chance. Well, I thought I was impatient, Jack, but I really do think Chelsea Football Club take the biscuit. Um, we've shown that you know how we treat managers. We don't treat them really with any respect. Look at previous history. Carlo Ancelotti won the double the season before. Final day of the season against Everton, we sack him in the tunnel. See ya. We then have Roberto Di Matteo. He wins us the coveted Champions League that Roman Abramovich has wanted so desperately. Next season, see ya. He's gone. So, I mean, there's this constant merry-go-round with managers at Chelsea. So, I don't think people are really surprised. I think it's more the fact that it's now... It's a club legend who has done so much for the club. Should he have been given more time to... You know, work with these players, and sort of, you know, he's he's got his own squad now, which he didn't have last season. Did he deserve more time? He probably did. But the problem is, at a club like Chelsea, for the board, they'll be looking at it going, we've spent a load of money, and why are we why are we not at the top of the table competing at the minute? You know, I know I think we're about five points off fourth, mm-hmm. but still, for the amount of talent that we have in that squad, that isn't good enough. I'm sorry, it's not. So. I thought, personally, the writing was on the wall for Lampard in the last few weeks, especially especially that loss against Leicester last week. There, there was lack of heart, lack of commitment. Players didn't look up for it. Um, so I think it was always going to be trouble. And, you know, now 
we await um, the inspired managerial signing, which I can't wait for. You can, if, if you can see me on YouTube, you can see my excitement in my face. You might be able to tell it in my voice at Thomas Tuchel uh, coming into the club. Yeah, but let's talk. Let's talk about Thomas Tuchel. Um, do we, we have able, to? We might do, be able to go back to Lampard. <laughs> after. Do we I, really need to, Jack? Admittedly, I am, uh, as, as many who in any football group chat with me will know, I'm not Thomas Tuchel's biggest fan, uh, the man or the manager. But yeah. I, I've, I've had to come into this and I'm looking at this from um, both sides. I've got, I've got to try and weigh up the positives and the negatives. Yeah. I really believe, I, I don't think it's any coincidence that um, the list of potential people that Chelsea were um, contacting were uh, Tuchel, uh, Ralph Ragnick and Julian Nagelsmann. I don't and think what's it's any, the link, Jack? What's the link? They're all German. They're all German. There we go. Yeah. And, and I think the ma- I, there's there's got to be a link there between the, the poor performances of Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. Uh, and the fact that they want a German manager in to, to try and get them going. Roman's seen that £120 million being invested. Uh, Tuchel's got one up on the other two, having uh, managed Pulisic and uh, Thiago Silva in the past. Um, but, I mean, so that makes some sense, maybe. Mm-hmm. I do believe that Tuchel is probably a better tactician than Lampard. I didn't see a lot of great tactical nous in Lampard's team the attack was quite good the defence he really struggled with I will say and he's got um, more ex- he's got more experience of course right? he's, he's of course Tuchel I think will see uh, quite an attractive style and I think that could come in quite early I, I wouldn't be surprised if I, I, it's, I find it very surprising though that he's come in uh, before such a heavy run of games it's like four games in two weeks and, and they're saying he might be in the dugout for Wednesday against Wolves yeah, which, which is um, absurd to me. Well, I mean, and this is the thing. I suppose it's it's expecting that instant reaction from the players. I think you I think you're bang on, absolutely right. I think when you're investing in that amount of German talent, you have to get them playing. How do you get them playing? Well, let's bring in a German speaker who may have some influence in just helping Kai Havertz show even just an ounce of talent again on a football pitch. It makes it's, sense it's, on paper. It's been dire. <laughs> it, it makes sense. But for me, I mean, what what I found so hilarious this morning is everyone's going, Thomas Tuchel coming in and he's got this track record. Yes, he has a track record of, he had it at Dortmund, he had it at PSG. He doesn't get on with ownership and management. He falls out quite easily and then he's done at the club. So of all teams to come to where he thinks, oh. is there going to be a bit of a power struggle? He chooses, he comes to us. I would not honestly. I say this now. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the job for less than a year and then he's gone. A hundred percent. I I would not be shocked. My my short term prediction. I think he bounces you up um, this season. I think I, I I'm also predicting some entertaining Chelsea games. I feel like he's a man that wants oh, to be. Oh well, let's attacking. hope so. Uh, got, let's hope so. I, I I predict good things for Ben Chilwell and Reese James. He really loves getting the fullbacks involved in uh, attacking play. Uh, and having wingers involved in those like half spaces in the channels next to the striker, mm. so I think it, that's good news for let's say like a Hakim Ziyech or a, a Werner or a Havertz. In if if them three can play close to each other and rely yeah. on Chilwell and James on either side. But like you say, the big elephant in the room with Tuchel is his man management. Yeah, he doesn't. He falls out with players. He falls out with staff. He falls out with ownership. 
and, and it that's ends up just what you him. want at a club like Chelsea as well, where they they're so calm and patient with allowing you know managers all that time. I I on, and I I mean it, Jack. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he's there in less than a year. I I think you're completely right. I think we might have a bit of a bounce. Might you know sneak into top four? I still don't think we are, which is sad that how pessimistic I've become at such a big team. But that's a different topic. Um, and I think in in the long term, I think he's going to fall out once again. We've spent such a large amount of money. Um, and he, the thing is, he instantly needs to get these players playing. Mm. Um, we saw under you know Frank Lampard that certain players did have good spells in the team, and and they looked and they looked good. I think Sani Thiago Silva has been great this season for a free transfer. Thought Reese James and Chilwell did look inspired at times, but since then it's just been it's just been lacking. And when and you've got players like you know we're forgetting the likes of you know, Hakin Ziyech who came mm. in in the summer as well. You know get him playing and. I think that's the thing. I think in the end, Lampard paid the price. I'm paying the price this morning by being sad. All Chelsea fans are. And uh, and also, I mean, uh, a bit of a snaky move from Chelsea doing this today. You know, I was expect I was really upbeat last night looking forward to the pod today. And it's sort of really, it's really cut into my mood, which mm. I, I'm very disappointed about, Jack, I have to say. But we'll push on. We need to keep pushing on. Of course, yeah. I mean, one last thing I want to bring on is that it's a fantastic tweet I saw from um, Adam Hurry on uh, on Twitter at Football Clichés. He's a great account okay. if you don't follow him. Um, mm. Who did uh, some work and found out Lampard's the only permanent Chelsea manager since two thousand and four to get the club statement hat trick, which is a thanks for your effort, uh, wish you well for the future, and you're welcome back to Stamford Bridge. <laughs> um, he also uh, included all the the amount of words uh, that were in each of the managers' word, uh, in each of the managers' statements. Mourinho he's, first. He's one. counted it. Yeah. Well, I mean, how much time has he I mean, got? It was, it was, it's not going to take long. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, Lampard got 246 me. words. Sarri got everything apart from your welcome back with 530 words. He got an essay. And Why? then Mourinho in the first in the first Mourinho sacking got okay. no thanks, no wish you well, no welcome back. 16 words. <laughs> 16 words. Wow. 16 words to describe one this most successful manager we've ever had. Yeah, and the, he got the, he got the worst. Got 500. <laughs> he got an Minimum essay. Let- What's he keep, what are they giving him that for? Just winning the Europa League? I don't know. Oh, but, uh, Sarri will I, see. I, I don't nice even get little... me started on that. That will be a Sarri special. It'll be like a, a spin-off. Right, uh, I can't yeah, do I, any more Chelsea, okay. Jack. I can't that's, do I mean, it. It's hurting me. That's fair enough. I mean, so, I, I I can see you down, right? I can, I can, I can okay. sense it. I, I can hear it in the I tone am. as well. Um, you said you had a plan uh, to get yourself... Uh, up and, and ready, not just for this podcast, but for podcasts in the future. And I just want you to explain more about it because I'm as confused as I'm sure everyone else will be when they hear it. Yes, indeed. Well, last week we had a great reaction to our only highlight on the Twitter, um, which was me telling a, a, a great tale of making Big Sam Allardyce, West Bromwich Albion gaffer, a sausage sarnie at the Talksport Studios. So, I had this thrilling idea, which I tried to sell to you, and I could sense there was a lot of confusion yesterday. Mm. So I'll explain it in more detail. Welcome to The Breakfast Club. Yes, this is going to be a weekly feature where I'm going to tell a very sort of dull story. It's going to be very quick. Well, they might some, some might be more lengthy. Who knows? It depends on what I make. But I'm going to tell an experience of when I've made 
Uh, obviously, at my job at Talksport, I, uh, there's been times where I've had to collect food or beverages mm. for uh, titans of the sports broadcasting and sports uh, stars themselves uh, on the shows. And um, I thought each week I would tell a quick tale of somebody who I got a, a meal or a drink for, and if that helped their performance on the show then what's to say it wouldn't help me on the pod? So I'm going to have exactly the same thing that I serve them, and then at the end of the show, we'll see how it, how it fares. So today, first okay. up... Yeah, I'm expecting big things. We're starting with former Crystal Palace forward, Republic of Ireland striker, Clinton Morrison. Yes, Clinton okay. was in the studio, and uh, what do you think he went for drink-wise, Jack? What do you oh, think? Okay, so it's a drink. Clinton drink. Morrison. I mean, I was, I'm, I'm a drink. bit thrown. I mean, we've gone from Sam Allardyce to Clinton. No disrespect to the no, former, no, former but, Republic of International. Uh, You've got to keep it moving. You've got to keep it moving. Clinton Morrison. Um, I just thought for the first breakfast club, we could have got something big, and now you're telling me it's drink. Um, it's a drink. Well, you, you, everybody I, like, loves it, is it, some, is it something heavy, like a, a black coffee or something? No, it's a warm drink, though. Okay. Warm drink. Oh, you, it's you, nice you, on a cold winter's day. You're quite bovel heavy. It's not a bovel, is it? No, you've ruined it. Don't <laughs> even say that to me. I, if somebody in Talksport Studio asked for a bovel, I'd be saying you can get that yourself. I'm <laughs> go not on, doing go that. On. Uh, it is a hot chocolate. Clinton wanted a hot chocolate. I've served him one up from the machine. Yes, I know it's quite. There's a machine there. It wasn't handmade. Otherwise, it would have been ten out of ten anyway. But so today, I have made myself for the pod. If you can see it on the YouTube, you can't see it on the uh, on the actual podcast. You have to take our word for it on Spotify. I've got a hot chocolate in my hand, and it's whisper, whisper. I am in my house share at the moment, but it's a Maltesers hot chocolate. Oh, hang on, that's next, a bit better. It's a bit yeah. Well, it sounds it. Um, I in the room next to me is my housemate, and she's blissfully unaware that I've actually taken it out of her cupboard. Wow! Uh, and I'm drinking it now. Um, so we'll see how this goes down. Uh, obviously, she won't find out unless she can hear me now recording, or um, if she listens back to the pod. So if anything, it's more an incentive for her to listen to understand why I'm stealing her food and drink. Well, I'll let you have a sip, uh, and whilst I, I just, I'm, I'm that's I'm a bit... why. No, oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, why have we done this? I was just about to say, I was a bit concerned <laughs> that you've come to me with a new segment. This is going to be a weekly thing. And you're starting, off, this, you're starting off with Clinton Morrison's vending machine hot chocolate. And I just fear that this is the, the bar to, to this, beat. This, this, this is horrible. This is so bad, I, know, I thought it was a safe pick. A Maltesers hot chocolate. Like, did you make it, it wrong? Or... It sounds nice, but it's horrible. Why? Why is it's it so, so bad? bad. It's so bad. It's, it's, I thought he was going to be tears. really warm. He's in I put, tears. I put, I, put, I put hot water in it and I put a dab of milk to just cool it down. But it's like, it's not even lukewarm. It just tastes of nothing. I thought this would really pick me up after my low mood with Frank Lampard. Now I'm just having to down the rest of this like dishwasher. <laughs> it's really guys, guys. I was worried for this segment. What is I can't going lie. I was, uh, I was worried. Worry, I was worried Brett. for this segment when Will described it to me, 
Um, I feel like the podcast has been saved. The highlight has been picked out for the week. Oh, Will is oh, literally in tears after a sip of Maltesers hot chocolate. I've never oh. seen a hot hot chocolate get that response in my entire oh, that's life. Dire. That's so poor. That's so poor. Well, don't worry, guys, because <laughs> Breakfast Club's back next week. <laughs> Oh my god! Where do you go from there? What a start to breakfast club! How do we? This could work really well. How do we move on to football chat from there when you've just cried Um, up over sipping um, hot chocolate? I don't know. Uh, Reese Williams was crying yesterday (laughs) when he made a mistake. (laughs) Okay, let's go into it. Let's just do it. FA Cup. Uh, Okay. FA Cup of the weekend. Settle yourself down. Uh, Manchester United Liverpool. They finally had a good game. Manchester United three, uh, Liverpool two. They didn't bore us this week. Um, well, if you've settled yourself down, tell us what, what you yeah, thought of the game. I thought it was a great I've game. I've calmed down now. I've put that hot chocolate far away. That's not coming back. Um, yes, FA Cup weekend. You know how much I love it. Um, and I, you've said there, Man United, Liverpool. And I'm wondering whether the players, somebody's given them a tip off and they heard that there was a Pick That One Out podcast and they thought we'll tune into episode one. Because seriously... We had a good game. We had a five-goal thriller on our hands, didn't we? And um, we were talking about the games between the top six and how they were struggling. I was impressed. And some really good goals on show. I mean, I know mm. I, I feel that Bruno Fernandes is a bit of a stat padder. A bit of a set oh, piece. Oh, I mean, that's... Calm no, down it's controversial. I, it's controversial. I, I hate Man United as, next, as, as, as much as the next <sighs> man. But um, I can't deny the talent of, uh, of big Bruno. He's a, he's a fantastic player, well, definitely. It was in a the fantastic running. free kick. Definitely the running so far, I believe, for uh, for player of the season. Um, Ooh, he's got to be in the running. You can't, sure. you can't, you can't deny that. I'm one of those. I hate it when people throw to stats. I hate it when people throw to stats and they go, "Oh, what about this? He has an expected goal ratio." And I'm thinking, well, "What is the purpose of that? What does that you're even not, mean?" You're not going to win any arguments about anti-data but against me, mate. All I'm, I'm going to say, all I'm going to say, right? I looked at some stats yesterday. Okay. Bruno Fernandes scored 11 goals this season in the Premier yep. League, right? Mm-hmm. Five of them are from either the penalty spot or a free kick, Okay. right? He has one more goal, therefore, in terms of open play than mm-hmm. Jack Grealish. And Jack Grealish yeah, has more I, assists. So, I mean, you've got to look at it. I'm not a bit of... But I'm, 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 I'm not a big stat man. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not into that, Jack. That's not my vibe. But in terms of the actual game itself, I don't know about you, but... Um, I was very, I was fairly impressed, and I mean, I know Liverpool are on a poor run at the moment, but I, I, I spoke to a, I spoke to a friend of mine this morning actually, who's a Liverpool fan, and I simply put it to him, "Do you care about losing to United yesterday?" And the overriding answer was, "Not really. It's the FA Cup, mm. and I mean, I suppose that, I suppose that's the thing, Jack. You know, at the end of the day, it's I, a loss is a loss. Nobody wants their team to lose, but." Do you care as much of as the FA Cup? I don't know, but uh, I mean, I, I mean, Jack, I've got to ask you about that. Nobody, nobody likes to get on the back of a, a young player making a mistake. Yeah, but Reese Williams, that goal, Rashford, uh, Rashford to make it two one. It reminded me of when I've like when I played football, and I've done that numerous times. See the ball, and you're thinking, I'll just sweep this out. I'll time this, get a big clearance on it, and it was just that classic, just. Just volleys thin air. I felt, I, and I really felt for him. I honestly did. I thought, I, oh. to, put it, to put it in a technical term, uh, Reese Williams yesterday had an absolute rotter. He did not yeah. have a good game at all. But, but uh, like you say, I feel bad. I feel bad. But um, 
there's no way that a, a, a kid that was playing non-league football last season should be starting against Manchester United this year. Absolutely. I believe Absolutely. Nat Phillips was on the bench and I think he's performed better than Reese Williams uh, in the few performances they've both had. Um, or there's literally dozens of centre-backs in the Premier League alone that want to be loaned uh, to any club. And Liverpool could do... I mean, Reese Williams is worse than a lot of them. There's no way the pressure should be put on his shoulders. I feel bad about the criticism that he will definitely get from that game, and he will have got. Um, but yeah, I mean the the Rashford goal that has to go down uh, to him for the misclearance. So many times he was quite rash. He went in for slide tackles way before the player had got think, to him, and it was. I think you're completely right. I think the thing is, he made a mistake. Players make mistakes all the time. I think the reason we're highlighting this is because. He shouldn't have even been in that position. You've said it there. Liverpool, a club of their size, on the back of a Premier League title, they've had these struggles at centre-half all season long. And you're telling me in the January transfer window, Klopp's going, I don't know whether we'll be able to get a centre-back in or not. What are the owners doing? Why on earth would you not strengthen when you... Inevitably, you want to strengthen anyway when on the back of a title because your competitors are going to strengthen. So you know you've got to you've got to raise your game itself. They're bringing Thiago, where there's been question marks about him. They're bringing Diego Yotta. He 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 was great and then gets yeah. injured. So then you have all these injuries at centre half. You would be thinking anyway they would want to be improving the team. So surely you've got centre halves out there. Why aren't you strengthening? Go on and, and and if anything, this could be the push that they need to get back on track. Yeah, it's it's strange because like I say. You can you can loan someone. There's no money tied. There's not much money tied down in it. You can you can just pick someone on six months. Just get yeah. you to the end of the season. Give you that extra option in, in games where you need rotation. And do you know, and do you know what it is as well, Jack. I would say this as well. Some and the competition that you have. Mm. These big clubs they have so much competition for places when you've got such great players in there. They lost Dejan Day uh, Lovren. Now I know that he wasn't really he wasn't really he's not going to challenge. Virgil van Dijk no. or Joe Gomez and then you've got Joel Matip who fits in as well and he can come in and do a job but surely you would be thinking anyway for competition for places so they those players aren't getting too comfortable and sort of resting on the laurels get someone in to compete yeah. with them get somebody in who's going to really challenge them I, I, I don't understand it at all because Liverpool have money as well I'm not sure like you could you could easily get in so you know up a Meccano mm. at Leipzig there's been a lot of talk about him put a bid in we're not talking like lower league, non-league who are, you know, they're struggling for money at the moment due to the pandemic. We're talking about a big club. Spend some money. Yeah, it's 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 strange. I um, wish I'd spent some money on a better hot chopper. I wish I'd <laughs> gone out and bought one. My mouth's so dry. But Joel Matic was declared fit, but uh, wasn't in the squad because obviously the man gets injured every other game. So Klopp yes. was terrified of, of losing him. Um this this squad rotation we saw it sometimes in in the cup this weekend. Do you yeah. think there's a loss of this magic of the cup? I mean, it's it's been this way for quite a while now since the monopoly of footballers has come in. It's happened quite a few years now. Um, what what do you think about it? Do you think the cup magic is still there or or not? Do you, do you know it's a, it's such an interesting one because all I all I remember hearing all I heard in the third round and I've heard it for years now people referring to this quote of the magic of the cup I don't I don't see any magic there anymore I'm sorry I don't and I don't know whether this is just me talking as a 21 year old I know that so many 
um, older people when their association with the FA Cup um, is such as it's been it's always been a huge event you know it would always be televised on the Saturday it'd be a huge build up and all this I found in recent years nobody really cares and we've spoken about team selection and people fielding weakened teams because they're prioritising the Premier League and league success in Champions League over the FA Cup and I know that winning the FA Cup now gets you sort of um, a space uh, in... Is it qualifying for the Europa League? It's the qualifying yes, stage, yeah. isn't it? Is that really good enough? Does anyone... Well, you know, I think, I think it's a... Uh, well, we won the FA Cup and we finished eighth. Um, so that was... So we wouldn't have got it otherwise. And we I, actually, we didn't have a... I think we went straight in. I think we were straight so, into the group uh, This is the thing. It's one of those where, for me... I understand that people have been talking about the headlines with, you know, obviously Cheltenham this week and uh, this weekend yeah. against Man City, how close they came. Chorley against Wolves. Uh, we had it with Marine against Spurs. I understand how big it is for the lower clubs, how big it is for usually for ticket sales. Obviously, we've been unable to have any of mm-hmm. those. Um, TV revenue and having it on the big screen and generating funds through there and how how big it's been. Especially we saw with Marine and how much money they were able to get yeah. through those virtual sales. But for me, I think for any fan, and I say this, and I, and I mean it, I everybody cares about the third round, or I say everybody, except the big teams, because the third round is when the big boys come into the competition and people, uh, lower clubs are hoping to get a big name in the cup. Fourth round, fifth round, nobody cares. Nobody cares about those two rounds. Next round that people care about is the quarterfinal. Because if you get to the quarterfinal, it's all about, well, we could get to Wembley. We could get to the semi-final at Wembley if we win this. That's when people start to care again. It's almost forgotten about, I feel, in between these rounds. And 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 that's how I feel about it. I, I've, I don't have anything against the FA Cup. I don't have a vendetta against the Cup. But, you know, when I, I you know, there's people who've been saying, you know, um, I know even with Arsenal, for example, it's people uh, did Arteta disrespect the FA Cup? I, I saw this. What's it your was, take on that? Well, I saw I saw a piece. Uh, I think it was Gabby Agbonlahorn on your lads on Talksport. Um, yeah, me- mentioned it, saying that Arteta disrespected the cup. I mean, there's this. I mean, disrespecting the cup. And I mean, if you play Willian in the FA Cup, maybe it is disrespecting it. I'm not too sure. Uh, but um, I think it's so stupid to say someone can disrespect the cup six months after winning the most recent one. I, you, I, I, what I, I, I would th- say, though, is as holders, yeah. as holders... Do you, think that, do, you, you, do you believe that there's... Do you really believe that there's expectancy as the holders that you have to carry the burden of the of the cup status? Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't. But I would say at the same time, as holders, I would say in Arsenal's position, you know that there's a real fight for top four. Yeah. Are you, are you in a way prioritising the league over winning a trophy? I mean, because you won it last season. Yeah, I, I, I think no doubt that is one hundred percent the case. You can see that. I mean, Southampton played a full uh, strength team. They beat us one nil. I mean, I say full strength full strength that they could do. They've obviously got a lot of injuries. But I can guarantee you that that is the only reason why they didn't weaken their side is because the people on the bench are all either completely new kids that are only just getting into the squad because they have to fill up spaces mm. and everyone else is, has, has been injured. So I, I I genuinely believe that's the only so, reason Southampton played So if, played it, so if anything, it, 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 does it not prove the point, Jack, that when we're saying are people disrespecting it are people priority if people are prioritizing the league over this cup that is has been so iconic for years it has lost its magic yeah. hasn't it surely 
Yeah, I, I can't deny it. There are definitely moments. I think the cup, uh, the cup final, normally is 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 always a, a great moment and a great watch. And I, lo- I still love the build up on on I completely Monday. agree. Completely Whether that's agree. just uh, as an Arsenal fan that. That's all, that's all we win nowadays. We've won four. Yeah, four well, I like to rem- seven, I like so. to forget last time. I I like to forget yeah. the last FA Cup final there was personally. I uh, put that to but the back even, of my mind. Even when you even even if Chelsea uh, have had failures uh, recently under it, us two can appreciate that we've both been very successful in the last decade in in the FA Cup. And, yeah, and, 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 and it does bring. I mean, it brings so much. I mean, this is this is biased because we never do anything in the League Cup. We always bin that off. But I, I always feel that the FA Cup is is several strings above the League Cup. Yes, yes, um, I, I even though well. even though based on what you get from it, and that it's it's not too far apart. But the history of it, I, I think, keeps a certain speck of it there. You can see the the glimmer in in that in the trophy. I think. But, well, I um, suppose the question the the question now is then, if if people are going to take it seriously as a competition. If it's such, if it's much bigger than the League Cup, why don't we just? Could we not scrap the League Cup and then you have one domestic it. cup? We would have one domestic cup, and you might find that other teams would then really put some serious effort into winning the trophy and actually caring about it because there's only one possibility. I'm really not against it. I, 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 I have so little care for the EFL Cup. The Carabao Cup, the Carling <laughs> Cup, the Capital One Cup, the Worthington's yeah. Cup, the Milk Cup, whatever you want to call it. Okay? <laughs> I, it's it just has no effect on me. We got to the final against Man City. Obviously, we got slept. Yeah, and <laughs> we, yeah, we, we bad got memories. Front, yeah, it was a few few years ago, and I just went to the the pub. It was while we were in uh, in Nottingham at uni. Went to the pub to watch it. We lost three 0 I left the pub. I didn't really care. I, I wasn't that bothered. I, yeah. I went into it expecting we were going to lose. Man City love that cup. It's the easy one to to because not everyone rotates in it, and their rotated team is the best. Well, um, I remember this. I remember this season we lost to Spurs on penalties. Yeah. I'd never want to lose to Spurs ever. We lose to Spurs on penalties, and instantly I thought Mickey Mouse cup. Don't care. Easy, don't worry, move on from that. I mean, clearly Frank Lampard didn't really move on too much. I mean, he's <laughs> lost his job this morning. But, I mean, I, 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 com- I completely agree. I, I think, personally, there has that magic that we discussed, It's people keep saying it's magic, trying to get that point across, when really it's, it's lost it. And they're trying to... Bring the and they're trying to hype the competition up again. And I understand why they want that lower lower league clubs to earn the money and feel that success. But personally, I think that it's it. The only reason people are saying it is because it's it's actually gone. Yeah, I, I sadly I, I think I uh, I have to agree. Uh, but it wasn't just FA Cup uh, the weekend. In midweek, we still had the rest of the Premier League ties to be uh, played out. Um, at the talking points from it, Liverpool. Liverpool's bad run. We talked about their cup loss, uh, but the loss against Burnley at home, the, losing the Anfield run to Sean yeah. Dutch's Burnley has, has got to hurt for Liverpool. Oh yeah. Um, main talking point there was a, a little half-time scuffle. It wasn't really between... the football, was it? it no, football, I mean it was an aw- awful game, as Liverpool games have been, apart from the cup mm, game recently. When Liverpool don't score, it's not a great game. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, but there was a little like half time coming together between a fracas. I think they might yeah, they call okay. it a tussle. Yeah. <laughs> what, what would you call it? A fracas? A tussle? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll stick to the the mm. uh, camaraderie term of coming together. A coming and, together. Uh, okay. Yeah. okay. And um, it was it was between Jurgen Klopp and Sean Dyche, and it was it was. 
I believe it was on like some nothing tackle from Fabinho on I think Ashley yeah. Barnes. It was so it was oh, such throw, nothing. Throw up. It was, it was nothing such nothingness. In it. And they went to VAR over it. The uh, referees instructed everyone to stay on the pitch. And then Klopp and Dietrich saw down the tunnel having words with each other. And and also this weekend I was watching McGregor uh, lose to to Dustin Poirier and it okay. had, had me thinking about we we had last week about managers on reality TV shows. How about managers in the in the squared circle in the octagon? In the, um, okay. Uh, Klopp versus Deitch. One time. Exhibition. Uh, who wins, do you think? Um, well, I think I think Sean Deitch would be a heavy hitter. But I think J- Jurgen Klopp looks a bit of a submission merchant. Really? I don't know. I think, think? he could be a bit flexible. He could be he could be quick on his feet. He could be nimble. Um, but I think if you if you got on the end of a Sean Deitch leg kick... <laughs> I think you're in trouble. So I would be going Sean all day, personally you're, for me. I think. I, I think you're completely overthinking Sean Dyche. If you're thinking he's even he, he's even contemplating leg kicks, oh, he's not. He's I, a scrapper. That man you, is. A scrapper. You think that man's bowling in? Yeah, he's, just, he's, he's yeah. going straight in. But Jurgen Klopp's a big man. He's an underestimated big man. The man's. I mean, you know me, and people that know me will know. Uh, I'm, I'm a quite sizable man myself. I believe yeah, Jurgen Klopp is a, yeah. is a similar size to me. Um, mm. In terms of height, and he obviously has a bit. He's quite stocky as well, and he, and and I mentioned last week when he gives them evil eyes, I get terrified of him. Yeah, I, that I is think true. people could be sleeping on Jurgen. I think if you let the rage out, I think I think it would be a uh, a match for the ages, though. And and now I'm wondering because this week I'm thinking WWE's got the Royal Rumble back. It's the end of January. Uh, okay, get, get the twenty managers in Royal Rumble. Who's winning that? Based in my, it's based on throwing people over the top rope. Well, Size first, is important, I think. Well, first off, let's start with the obvious question. Is Thomas Tuchel subbed in? Yeah, yes, uh, Frank Lampard is <laughs> out of there. Well, I'm putting a bet he's getting slept early doors, I think, in one of those. He doesn't look like a heavy, strong man. No. So I think he could get folded quite quick. I um, think we're looking, at, we're looking at the cultural lads. I think Guardiola, Arteta, I think they're out early. I think Dean Smith could do a job. Oh, I don't, I don't mind that shout, you know. I think Dean Smith. Yeah, he. Oh, I'm just thinking. I, I think mean, we keep mentioning so- Big Sam. But just the lack of mobility hurt him there. He doesn't that wear would, his. That ma- would- he wears his mask, but he doesn't wear it properly. Is there a that lack would be of, trouble? Uh- that that would be trouble. I think. I think Big Sam would struggle um, with the endurance. Yeah, and, yeah, with the Especially flexibility. Especially if he's though. if he's picked out an early number. If he's like a number one or two, he's got to go the distance. I think Sam's struggling. So we need someone with that we think's got the stamina, the size, the strength. I think Dino could be ticking boxes here. Dean, yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to run through. I don't I don't think David Moyes has got it in him. No. I don't I, think Carlo Ancelotti, I don't think he would have it. I think Scott Parker could... would have the endurance. He'd have the heart. He'd be the Iron Man, I he think. He would be yeah, he'd be very passionate. Yeah. Scott would be very passionate. But I, you know what? I, I'd be saying it'd be either a Dino or a Sean Dodge for me. Yeah, personally. I, I do think. Does, I do think does Klopp's Sean Dodge not remind you of? No, does I mean Sean Dodge not remind you of Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Could it not be him? Oh, that's beautiful. Stone Could Cold Short and Dodge. Could that not be him? So, mate, I, I'm going Shawnee all day. Shawnee all day. Yeah, I mean, you've sold me just from that. Sean Dyche, Royal <laughs> Rumble winner, uh, undisputed heavyweight champion. Yeah. 
Uh, only other talking point, I think, from the Premier League was Man City 2 and Dean Smith, Aston Villa 0. Um, it was en route to becoming the most entertaining 0-0 of all time. Yeah. Um, before two uh, semi-controversial goals. The, mo- the most controversial one, the first one, um, about Rodri's... Uh, play in the in that goal he was obviously coming from an offside position but the rule states that because Tyrone Mings uh, touched it on purpose that he that the phase of play is uh, restated and Rodri is not mm. uh, offside what are your thoughts on that do you know what Jack I have no thoughts because okay. I genuinely am as confused as the next person to any rules that are now implemented in football um, I genuinely just don't know I think I think I, I say a lot for many people when Everybody at the time on social media is going, well, is it not offside? It, is it? You've got referees who are confused themselves. I think, you know, we talk so much about VAR, don't we? I think everybody does. I think everyone's bored of just even saying the three letters um, personally and how and the impact it's had on the game. But, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? Now we've, we've got to sort of live with these decisions, as everybody says, and it might help the game in the long term. Who has a clue? Who genuinely knows? Because decisions like these, we have minuscule offsides and then you have decisions like that where you're literally yeah. going, sorry, like you just don't know. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's it's a, it's a tough pill for uh, Dean Smith and the boys to take because, you know, he then gets a ban because he's uh, accused the referee of using juggling Jug- balls. Juggling I like that balls. from Dean. That was a, yeah, it was a good, good that's bit a, of That's a lovely little one-liner, wasn't it? Great little one-liner yeah, from Dean. He's on good form this yeah. season, Dean. I don't know you what's can, going on You can tell there's a little pep in his step. He's, he's, uh, he, I, don't, he's I, don't think, I don't think he's hitting out those uh, those classic one-liners last season. No, he's on good form now. It, yeah. The team are playing, so he's, he feels a bit relaxed. No, good on Dean. Um, quick my quick thoughts on it. I think it's the same case that we see quite a lot these days of the correct decision of quite a bad rule. Yeah. Um, is they've I think the, the law's been like this for quite a while. We just haven't seen it because no one's really done it. So I don't think it's going to hurt the game. I don't think people are going to purposely stand offside and hope yeah. to catch a defender off when they touch the ball. Mm. Um, but people have just found a loophole on it and it's, it's caused uh, chaos, uh, I think. Uh, by the book, exactly that, chaos. Yeah, by the book, correct decision, but a bit of a weird law. Another one that probably needs looking at. As a hundred percent. And into the uh, predictions, then I think after quite a, a winded, I'm quite winded after well, this discussion. I mean... So uh, to to calm us down, I think some predictions. You took an early lead uh, from week one. Have I? Yeah, I mean it was okay. poor. It was quite poor from both of us. I think Leicester <laughs> Chelsea oh. was two nil uh, Leicester. You went two one Leicester. I went two two. I had more faith in Lampard than Roman uh, did. Um, yeah, clearly. Uh, <laughs> no one got any scores in that one. You went Barnes, who got close and assisted one, but didn't score. Yeah. Um, I went for Giroud, who didn't. He wasn't in the squad. Uh, uh, oh dear. <laughs> uh, then we had uh, Man City Villa. Obviously finished two nil. I had two one. You had three one. Both got close again. Neither of us hitting the scorer. You went off the four man John Stones. I went Ollie Watkins. Yeah, and obviously Villa didn't score. And. Uh, Finally, uh, we had oh god, what was the uh, what was our third? One? It was Liverpool Burnley. It was oh, what a, what a memorable game. Um, <laughs> and uh, of course, neither of us had Burnley to win. I did claim that no. uh, Liverpool would struggle to score. Uh, I went for one nil with a penalty. Uh, you went for two uh, nil Liverpool. So uh, I've so, taken an early lead. So in it's the a two-one lead. It's a, it was a low score of a week. 
Okay. I, I mean, I just I just want to keep you guessing early on. That's that's why I'll, I'll okay. let you think, feel like you're comfortable. I don't know if you're a bad loser. I don't know if if, if that's that's a uh, a thing that's haunted you in your past or. or anything. Um, well, I mean, I briefly mentioned it on the pod last week. Um, okay. When I was um, when I was at primary school, in around sort of year two, um, wow. I mentioned that I was in a very sort of long term. Um, relationship at the age of seven. Okay, yeah, no, this um, was uh, the talk of, of how you became this is a re- Chelsea fan. From exactly through all the exactly. Villa fans. Okay, yeah. No, and I remember, you know, it was it was a very um, it was a very love filled relationship. Mm-hmm. We we went on a date with uh, my parents attended where we went to Pizza Express. I think we got a couple of margarita pizzas. Uh, played it safe clearly at that age, um, but uh, I remember in particular. Um, how the relationship came to an end. Okay. Um, a desperately sad day. And it all came about by the game of chess. Now, I don't know if you've ever played chess, Jack. I was a big chess player back in the day. Okay. My primary school would always have a sort of iconic chess tournament. I was once robbed of a quarterfinal win against my friend Fred's. But again, that doesn't still bother me now. Only okay. the 14 years later or so. <laughs> but... I would say this, um, playing chess against my then girlfriend at the time, and I would say we were one of those, like, you know in Love Island when you have power couples? I would describe us yeah. as one of those. Every, it was two. almost like an iconic... The year yeah, two exactly. power couple, yeah. It was an iconic pairing. Okay. And, uh, you know, everyone is looking at us going, There's the, you know, they're the couple to watch out for in the year. And I remember um, we're playing chess after school one day. I'm waiting for my mum to pick me up. And uh, I beat her at chess. I'm thinking, on top of the world, here we go. I'm in good form, getting ready for the tournament. And then we played it again, and she beat me. And I remember remember she beat me, and she was like, checkmate. And I went, well, what are you doing that for? And she was like, what? I went, what are you doing? Like, no, you've got to let me win. Like, this is just bang out of order. This is wrong. And she's going, well, I'm going, well, it's a best of three then. We'll play again. So already she's looking at me like, oh, okay. We play again, and she beats me again. And at that point, I was like, "You are just showing no respect to our relationship whatsoever. This is a complete low. This is this is outrageous from you." And she's going, "Oh, oh, don't be so silly." And I remember seeing my mum rock up, and I went, "If you're gonna act like this, we're over." And I remember it was a big point at that time where MNS was, um, you know, sorry, MSN was popping off, and like Hotmail. And we all, it, I always used email. I was emailed oh, people. What? I don't remember if you doing that back in the no. day. Yeah, I was God a big no. emailer. And I remember, I remember walking out and I remember going, we're done. I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. <laughs> remember all that night, it's going off over Hotmail and MSN going like, are they, have they broken up? And it was a big like drama. I come in the next day and the relationship was done. And I just remember looking across at the table as a, uh, at her as we were painting and just thinking, you know, I've made the right call here. You know, this was the right decision because at the end of the day, if you're not going to let me win at chess, then what's that to say that our relationship's going to succeed? And in the end, yeah, um, clearly don't mix love and chess. And I mean, I tried to get some inspiration from the Queen's Gambit recently. I was just about to say, I think that's the, I think that's the actual, uh, maybe this could be a subplot to the Queen's Gambit. Maybe this could be the follow-up. Yeah, that's the follow-up. Definitely. This is a great idea for me. I'll have to make sure that you, if I lose by one by the end of this season, to make sure we end up getting a season two, otherwise you, you might ju- walk just out. Just add a couple of points on. Yeah. Just add a couple of points on my side. Into no worries. Again. No worries. Mate. But yeah, um, that was a sad time. Sad time. But uh, okay, wasn't Catherine, expecting that direction. Catherine. I'm not going to lie. But uh, no, no, a, a no, good, very a, another, another fantastic Varney anecdote. Oh, it's a lovely, t- a lovely one just to lead us into this week's predictions. Coming. Um, oh, I've actually. Uh, I've, 
changed one of the games in the predictions without telling you. Uh, Whoa, I need to get as much advantage as I can. Okay. Um, you'll you'll see okay. that as we go. Okay. So uh, Wednesday evening, we've uh, we've picked out Everton, Leicester, two uh, kingpins of the yes. top six uh, right now. Everton haven't yep. played a game in a while. Their game against Villa was uh, called off in the uh, last weekend. Or they they beat Sheffield Wednesday last night three 0 Obviously, they haven't played league game. Uh, in a while, lost to uh, uh, they, their game against Villa was called off uh, for Villa to have more time to come back from uh, their COVID layoff. Mm-hmm. Um, Leicester on good form beat Southampton, beat Chelsea, uh, won yesterday against uh, Brentford in the cup at Goodison Park, I believe. What do you think? What are you feeling about this one? Uh, Leicester on really good form, really good form, look really good, and it pains me every time because my friends are big Leicester mm. supporters, so I really don't want to try and hype them up as much as I can. But um, for this, yeah, I've, I've got to go with a Leicester win. I'm going to go 3-1 Leicester. I'm um, going to go 3-1. I think it's going to be goals. And I think James Madison, he's been on fantastic form recently. He's, yeah. loves it. he's loving the goal. He can hit the back of the net for sure. Um, so, um, you know, I'm going to go James Madison to score 3-1 Leicester. Okay. I mean, Everton are a bit weird. They're, they're a very streaky team. They, yeah. they, te- they tend to win five, lose five, then win the next five. Um so I can't really predict them. I, I do. I agree that I think there's going to be goals. Uh, I'm going for the same Leicester prediction again as I did last week. I'm going two two. Because that worked out so well for you. It did. I mean, if I do it every week, <laughs> we, we do Leicester one time. It will be. Uh, I feel like Leicester, a bit concerning over set pieces. Even in the game against Chelsea, I remember. Yes. Uh, Silva had a few chances, and Abraham when he was mm. on, they had some chances from the uh, from the corners especially. So aerial threats, I'm gonna have to pick the easy option. I'll go Calvert Lewin. I feel like he could okay. uh, could score. It was on good form last night. Played a good game. If he can get back into form, then uh, Everton can keep that run for European football. I'm going two two. Uh, okay. Thursday night, big game for Liverpool uh, at home uh, away at Spurs. A uh, huge huge game in the, uh, mm, indeed in, the is. in the top six. Um, I mean Liverpool as we said struggling to score but two goals last night at Old Trafford has got to help at least Mo Salah's confidence uh, so I'm going no, for him absolutely. to score and uh, okay. 1-1 I think Spurs score early do the classic Spurs hold back a bit and then see what happens and then uh, Salah hits them at the end Liverpool take the point and run well, we didn't do it last week, but is this week the first week for the predictions? Because I've also gone 1-1. One, one. Um, I completely agree. Yeah. I, I, I think we should try it. You know, at the end of the day, I think... I can, when, I, when I was thinking about it last night, I thought Spurs are going to grab an early goal. Um, and I then think they're going to do exactly like they do under Mourinho. Sit back, just try and hold it out. But you can't hold out this Liverpool team with the amount of talent they've got. Like you've just said, the names there of you know Mo Salah. If you get Roberto Firmino, if you grab a goal, they've got so much quality within that team. Someone like Sadio Mane could easily grab a goal as well. But for me, I'm going with somebody who knows how to hit the back of the net. So surely he must score Harry Kane. Fair play. One all. Yeah, I, you, you're speaking facts there. Uh, we, we've seen it so often with Spurs how they uh, they dominate early parts of the game, sit back a bit too much, and then sometimes let it slip. I think I think it seems that we both think that's going to happen again. Uh, and here's mm. the one that I didn't uh, clue on because I forgot it was happening in, in this week until the next one. Okay, Ar- Arsenal Manchester United on Saturday evening. Um, okay, 
big game, obviously. Arsenal, uh, first win at Old Trafford in 14 years uh, earlier in the season. Now going to the Emirates with Man United on bang on form. What are you thinking? I think it's going to be cagey. And I mean, you're lucky that you've sprung it on me because I was actually having a conversation with someone about it yesterday. Otherwise, I'd be there like, ah, what am I going to say? Um, no, I think, personally, um, I think it's going to be a really cagey game. I don't think it's going to be easy at the Emirates from United. Um, I think the key for United this season is whether they can grind out results. That will be able to show whether they truly are a title contender. Um, but And I think, personally, it's going to be United win. But I think it's going to be cagey. I think it's going to be... Uh, I think I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to go 2-1. And I'm going to go Marcus Rashford to score. He looked he looked, he looked looked fit, healthy yesterday. looked sharp. Um, and he loves he loves to hit the back of the net at the moment as well. So I'm going to go Marcus Rashford to score. I'm going to go 2-1 United at the Emirates. Um, I suppose that hurts you hearing... It really oh, hurts. I'll tell you what hurts more. Uh, I've got the same prediction. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, We're at it again. Yeah, I mean, the goal score is going to be key this week. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've got the same. I, I, it's, it's always annoys me when we play Man United because I feel like I see the same game every time. Uh, yeah. we, we have uh, heavy amounts of possession and United will break us down on the counter. I think mm. we got lucky that United were very poor at Old Trafford. We played a good game. We dominated the midfield. Um, and I do think having Thomas Partey back uh, will really help us. He was fantastic against Newcastle. But uh, United looks so informed, I think, that they can really spring these counters on us. Yeah. Um, a bit more worried with our defence after the Southampton game. It looked a bit shambolic at times. Uh, and, it was, and, and the defence was mainly starters uh, in that game. So I'm going to say to United, I'm going to go... Tony Martial, okay, not not been a man on on insane form this season. He's had quite a poor no. season by his his uh, standards, but uh, yeah, I think he, he whether cool, he, whether he starts or off the bench, I feel like he could be a threat to on the end of one of those Fernandes or Rashford uh, counter springs. Okay, uh, and we'll see how the table uh, looks in that next week. Uh, I'll be winning. <laughs> I mean, hopefully we score more than uh, t- three points between us. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> uh, before we come to a close, uh, we are obviously still a new podcast. I'd like to remind everyone to check out the rest of our platforms. As we said earlier, we made it onto YouTube. We're under Pick That First One Out week, Football Podcast. If you're watching on there, give us a like, subscribe, really help us out. Uh, download, follow and rate us if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Uh, follow us on Twitter at PTCO Pod. As uh, Will mentioned earlier, we've got our first highlights up uh, in the week. Uh, hopefully, th- more to come from uh, from I feel weeks. like that hot chocolate story could That's, make it on. <laughs> if it doesn't, hot chocolate. <laughs> if it doesn't, I've done something wrong. Honestly, <laughs> it's gold. It has to be. Yeah, and uh, and we're bad. also on TikTok at Pick That One Out. Nothing on there yet because I've I've, I've thought about it. People might have, uh, people might be looking up uh, looking us up and. If you do, please follow us uh, to get ready for it. But I thought, no one's going to want one highlight on the TikTok. Oh, no. a, a, a little oh, short no. highlight. You want a catalogue. So I think give We've it a couple of weeks. We've got to think creative Build as well. The highlights we? creative. Up, build the highlights up. And with TikTok, like you say, you can be a lot more creative. So expect some good stuff on there. At Pick That One Out on TikTok. That's full time then uh, on episode two. Thank you for joining me, Will. Battling through the tears, both through laughter and sadness <sighs> this week. How, uh, how, how, how did you think that one went? 
Uh, Obviously, it was a very emotional Mm. podcast, um, having to do it today with uh, Frank being sacked. Um, and but no, I, I I did enjoy it towards the end. I mean, obviously, I'm still here with um, probably a full glass, a full mug of my hot chocolate, and uh, it's going to remain there until I throw it into the sink. But um, other than that, the hot chocolate didn't pick me up. I would definitely say it dampened my mood. Mm. But other than that, I really enjoyed doing this uh, this again today. And uh, once again, thank you to you guys uh, for listening, watching us. Uh, really does mean a lot as we try and get this pod off the ground and up and running. Yeah, well, hit us off then. If, if, if this breakfast club's going to be a thing, give us a rating on that hot chocolate. We need a scale. We need a we need a lead table. Well, it's probably the easiest rating I can give all year. It's a solid one. <laughs> uh, I can feel the tears forming again, not just from the pain of it and the pain of Lampard sacking, but just the short... I'm going to have to watch this back on the Twitter when this is a highlight because I it was all a blur for me as that I've, I've never seen I'm... a man go so close to insanity <laughs> from a sip of hot chocolate. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen. So it's a one out of ten no. uh, for the yeah. hot chocolate. I mean... Breakfast Club next back, back next week. Back it has next week, to be now. Stronger than ever. I, and I can't wait for it. It's a goodbye from the both of us. Uh, we'll see you then. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much for watching.